You're listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. Visit us online at knowthecause.com and join the conversation at facebook.com slash knowthecause. This is probably one of the most important podcasts you will ever listen to. I am Doug Kaufman, host of Know the Cause. You guys know me. But the people you're forwarding this podcast to don't. This is going to become a viral podcast because I'm sitting with one of the most prominent researchers in the field of yeast hypersensitivity. He has authored a book called The Yeast Syndrome. Dr. John Trowbridge uh, and I go way back. He's a lab tech, way back, ASCP certified, way back. That's as high as you can go. Then became a physician. He did a, a residency in urology. He's a surgeon physician from the Houston area. He and I have been friends 35 years, and we have seen the hurt together of people shaking their finger at this whole yeast nonsense, they say, and we have enjoyed the breakthroughs together. Just recently, an article was published that they now believe Alzheimer's is a yeast disorder, that amyloid plaque is actually antifungal that grows in the brain to protect it against fungus. And every week, a new article comes out. The word mycotoxin, fungal poison, wasn't known when Dr. Trowbridge and I first got together. That word today, I sign up for a Yahoo list. One of them is mycotoxin. I never got a mycotoxin article in years and years and years. <laughs> now I get a couple of them a month, maybe four a month. They're starting to get it. So Dr. Trowbridge, welcome. Thank you for joining us. You have been able to help the masses. I have sent you clients, you call them patients, for a long time via this show. And then I have friends in Houston that need to see someone that knows that the bulge on the side of their neck might darn well be lymphoma, so we need to rule that out. But it also may darn well be a localized lump due to an ascomycete or a mycetoma, both of which are fungi that grow in sacs. I don't want to jump off on cancer. You're a doctor who can tell the difference between them. You have helped tens of thousands of people. Doctors are now opening their ears to your word, and isn't that a good feeling? It's a good feeling, but I have to tell you, Doug, if you don't believe that that can be a problem, certainly uh, this is not due to fungus or yeast or anything, right. <laughs> then you won't look for it. If you don't look for it, you won't find it. If you don't find it, you won't treat it. If you don't treat it, then guess what? You're, you're missing the diagnosis and the treatment, which I think is irresponsible. But you and I have talked about the fact that they don't do fungus stains or cultures when they take chunks of, we call them biopsies, okay? Mm -hmm. When they take chunks of cancer out, because they already know what it is. They already know it's a cancer. Yep. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> we won't go, as you say, we won't go to the yeast cancer, cancer connection like right. that, but, but what if it isn't cancer? What if it really is something that looks like cancer? John, this needs to be ruled out. I am so angry. Here we have, for the past decade, Sporinox has been published four times in the scientific literature mm -hmm. as inhibiting angiogenesis. Folks, what that mean? What that means is the fungus can't metastasize. It inhibits, and by the way, Sporinox is an antifungus, it's a toenail drug. Exactly. And it's causing breakthroughs in the cancer uh, mentality. It's working for cancer and they don't know how. They're talking about hedgehog pathways or ridiculous stuff. Bottom line is maybe it works for cancer, like it works for toenail fungus. It kills fungus, and they're calling every lump in our body cancer. Every radical idea you just said there, 
will ultimately be proven, I think, to be exactly right. The problem is we get rigid in our approach, our thought process. And that's what restrains us. That's what keeps us back. You know, real science is observing things and going, that's odd. And then setting up a little experiment to test that out and go, oh my gosh, look how reliably we can repeat it. We must be onto something here. But what they're going to do is they're going to look for genetics and enzymes and this and that and, and completely ignore the fact that maybe what you have started when you were an infant, when you were a child, when you were a young adult, you got antibiotics, you got cortisone, you got hormones, you got birth control pills, you got doctoring, mm -hmm. and all these things get in the way of functioning in your body. Now you have a growth. Mm -hmm. Well, we know it can't be yeast, so we're just going to look for something right, else. Right, yeast really? can do this. Yeast. No. I'm gonna. Uh, you have seen my PowerPoint from the San Diego yes. lecture. Okay, yes. then you already know this. New name, and I don't mean to throw big names at anybody. I want you to understand these very clearly and succinctly. Fungi uh, make poisons inside your body called mycotoxins. Myco means fungus, right? Mycology is a study of fungus. Toxin is poison. If you have a mycotoxin disease, you suffer from what the scientific literature says is a mycotoxicosis, okay? Toxicosis, if it's singular, toxicosis, if it's plural, okay? Now, go with me on this because it's really important you hear this. We induce cancer in laboratory animals with a mycotoxin called aflatoxin B1. It comes from aspergillus. Oh, by the by, that's growing on your corn. It's growing in your crops. It's growing in your cereal. And it can make liver cancer in people. Ta-da. We know that this induces cancer. So knowing that it could cause cancer in people, they start injecting it in mice and bunnies, and sure enough, they get lumps. Let me tell you where I'm really, really angry, and I hope someone can put this fire out in me one day, because you're going to hear this again tomorrow night, Dr. Trowbridge, at the lecture I'm giving, and you're all hearing it before the lecture I'm giving. When those animals develop those lumps, they dissect those lumps, and they say, aha, cancer. Now we can study what cancer, more about cancer <laughs> mm -hmm. in these laboratory animals. No, they don't. Not one of them has gotten cancer. They've all gotten a mycotoxin-induced syndrome called a mycotoxicosis. So semantics involved, we are calling cancer the wrong thing from the get-go. Oh, from the get-go, because, see, that narrows your thought right away. When you can cubbyhole something, it's, it's like when we diagnose people with multiple sclerosis. Oh, mm -hmm. you have MS, okay? So any complaint you offer after that, well, that's due to the MS. Mm -hmm. We don't ever investigate any further. So once you know it's cancer, you don't have to change your thought process. You just treat what keeps coming along. But, you know, Doug, the, the problem with this is people think yeast as vaginitis or, right. or athlete's foot or jock itch or thrush in the mouth or whatever. It, it, that, those are yeast infections. Okay, well, yeah, because we get them. But, you know, there's three kingdoms, the plant kingdom, animal, and fungus kingdom. The plant kingdom takes sunlight, makes energy. Animal kingdom eats the plants to get the energy, or other animals to mm -hmm. get the energy. Mm -hmm. They eat they right. the plants. The fungus kingdom eats the other two. Well, wait a minute. That means the fungus kingdom is very adaptable. It can do just about anything, and it does. And then if you don't know to look for it, we didn't get trained this in medical school. We didn't, infectious diseases didn't include fungus. 
Right. It included bacteria. And virus. 8,800, exactly. Yeah. And, and virus came along later. Right. 8,800 bacteria can infect human beings. Hundreds of thousands of parasites, and we don't even have any idea how many fungi, mm -hmm. because the, we, we, it's too adaptable. It's just making a happy meal out of every one of us. It started years ago, and now you show up in the doctor's office. Take me back to the John Trowbridge <clears throat> that was the lab tech. Mm -hmm. that went on in your studies. Man, you graduated. I mean, you were top in your classes. That's, that's very cool. And that even blows my mind. I'm sure the listeners' minds a little bit more. How did this guy, top of the heap at Stanford, how, how did you do all of this schooling and come to the realization that I came to years ago, and that is, uh-oh, an incredible, credible science <laughs> yes. has been dramatically overlooked. Where did Dr. Trowbridge go right? I have to tell you, it's, it's kind of funny. I had a beautiful mother who ended up with an ulcer operation emergency-wise in San Francisco. So I flew from Houston to San Francisco to be with her for her recovery on that. And while I was there, well, you know, I needed to have a tax write-off, so I went to visit some doctors who were doing the nutritional medicine that I had gotten into. And so I went to Bob Haskell's office. Roughly what year? This is uh, 1982. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and so we're talking about things, and, and he says, well, of course, you're doing chelation therapy. And I said, uh, no. Why not? Well, because, you know, I didn't hear about it in my training or my resident. I don't read about it in the journals. He said, come with me. We walked upstairs in his office in San Francisco. He said, here's my nurse, here's my charts, here's my patients, have a great day. Well, mind-blowing, I found out that chelation therapy rejuvenates dying limbs, hearts, brains, arteries, blindness, kidney failure, you name it. So I knew I had to start studying about mm -hmm. chelation therapy. Mm -hmm. So while I'm doing this, I decided to go to the best doctors in the country who were practicing it. Let me take what they do best and put it in my office. Mylan Pakovich was in Pittsburgh. Mylan was wonderful, superb internal medicine doctor. While I'm looking on his wall, there's a little thing about a yeast thing. And I just go, what's that? And he says, you don't know about the yeast thing? And I, he, I said, no. And he says, oh, I just went to a meeting on that. They gave me a little certificate and everything. And I said, okay. He says, there's another meeting coming up in December. You should go. That's where I met Arian Trust. That's where I met Billy Crook. That's where my eyes were open. Wait a minute. I had chelation for the toxic metal poisoning. Now I had something for the organic toxic biological poisoning from yeast. And trust me, people don't know. If you don't know, you don't look. If you don't look, you don't find. If you don't find, you don't treat. Okay, so here's my problem with all of this. And I have helped several of the doctors that you're going to meet tomorrow night, mm -hmm. I've helped train and get them around to this way of thinking. Each, sidebar, each has told me, man, this doesn't work so well, Doug, and I'll tell you why. I already knew why, because David Weekly, I worked with at Medical City Dallas, and his practice was here, and he wanted it to go way up, and instead it started floating downward. You know why? His psoriasis patients didn't stay very long. We showed him it was a dietary. They were feeding a yeast. We didn't <laughs> need tar shampoos. We didn't need puva boxes. We didn't need intramuscular uh, cortisone All or topical cortisone. visits, so not needed. What we had to do is generate additional patients because exactly. we were getting them better. So it's, 
that's why I'm looking at you, been very successful. I sold half a million or a million of these books, the, the Yeast Syndrome that I'm gonna encourage you guys to pick up, it's in paperback now, $7.99 and your mouth will drop open chapter after chapter. Has this been a hindrance to you? Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> you get people better. Doug, I had a little high schooler that I hired as a receptionist when she graduated when I'm early in my practice. Before I was doing nutritional medicine, you know, okay. starting to actually think about vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, protein, well, and all that. You were a urologist? Did you ever practice I, urology? No, I wasn't. No, you just practice. Okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, because I'm a little opinionated about how things ought to be done. Right. I was never going to get any referrals. Right. So it, it's nice to be trained in surgery because I think like a surgeon. I yeah. want to go A to B. Right. Let's not chit chat about it. Let's get her done. Okay? Cut it out. Yep. Once you see it, you can do it. <laughs> chance to cut is a chance to cure. Right. Well, I now know that a chance for me to put my magic pixie dust on you is a real chance to cure and keep you better for the rest of your life. She says to me, you're going to go broke. And I go, well, wait, why? She says, because I'm checking your patients out. And I go, okay. She says, half of them don't want to hear about this nutritional stuff. They are not coming back. Okay. She said, the other half are listening to you, and they won't need to come back. <laughs> that was the most salient management advice I'd ever heard. If you make patients better, you got to have their friends and family come in because they don't come in very much. You know, I, I said to my office manager the other day, she's been with me 26 years, I said, Kathy, have you noticed how many patients are on six or 12-month follow-ups now? And she goes, yeah, uh, we need to see them more. And I go, they don't need us. They just yeah. need to check in, make sure everything is fine. Is there anything that we ought to do that's new? Yes, it's, it's but, but you know, that's what I got in this business for, to work myself out of business. That's not the consensus, by the by, and I think the Rockefellers, you know, the shiny dimes way yes, back yes. during the Depression. Yes. I, I think what manifested from all of that was a way to erase symptoms four hours at a time, therefore lend credibility. He was in the oil and gas industry, right. and so he used chemicals, right. those same chemicals, to erase headaches, uh, i.e. aspirin. And, and then new drugs as people got sicker and sicker. And ironically, someone knew that in that ballpark, you had the ability to generate more sickness from those patients because you oh never gosh. address the etiology. You never address the cause. If you don't know the cause, you ain't going to fix it except by random chance. And then, John, what was happening is you're making them on these very chemicals. We aren't chemical factories. We don't suffer from chemical uh, deficiencies. We don't. And the more <laughs> oh, stop, oh, stop, the, I, stop the podcast. I didn't see. I didn't see that chapter. <laughs> and so what happens is these very chemicals that they're taught, hey, this will erase your symptoms. They stay on for years and years, but by the by, they cause chemical imbalances Absolutely. and biochemical imbalances. Now they begin eating fast foods. Now they need four pills. I have a family member, and I'm telling you this is gospel truth, who is on. A nurse who is on fifth—I'm uh, sorry, twelve medications now. It's about average for older folks. Just breaks. Remember, each my specialist heart. has a prescription for you because if you had to talk to the patients, what are you going to tell them? You don't know anything about it. Write a prescription. Medical merry-go-round. They get one or two from every doctor. As opposed, and that's an experiment, Doug. You know, yeah. not, those drugs aren't studied together. Right. They're studied separately. Now you're cooking a brand new experiment. Nobody's ever looked at. By the way, nor are they studied in neonates and in Correct. small children, Correct. infants, and yet they're used. Oh, I yes. see, I see oh, yes. all the time uh, 
on all these MedPage and so forth that I get, uh, FDA approves uh, an antidepressant drug for two-year-olds. You know, it just the, they want to put young kids on Lipitor. Really? How much damage do you think the first drugs? How much damage do you think antibiotics uh, generate in America today? About ninety-nine percent of the problems. Yeah. First of all, everybody gets them. Yep. Second of all, nobody knows how to keep you from getting more problems with yeast overgrowth while you're on the antibiotics and right. afterwards. Nobody repopulates your gut with the good bacteria, the microbiota that you need in order to live and live well. So then you have repetitive episodes and you get more antibiotics. But doctors now have their favorites. The newest. Right. Uh, I hardly ever use the newest. My, my, my staff says to me, why aren't we going to use that drug? And I go, that is a bad drug. Just wait. And three or four years later, the FDA has either black boxed it, which means people are right. dying, or they pulled it. And that makes me mad. Why wasn't the FDA there to do the research before oh, it became a drug? I, 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 I don't of think hand, you understand huh? again. Do you think I'm always having on? to explain things to you, you know, the follow of the money thing. No, I didn't say that. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it really is. It's kind of sad, but it's wonderful what you're able to do. I'll bet you love... Uh, you were talking about a young girl, uh, 15, 16 years old, that came uh -huh. in your office. Uh -huh. And you kind of bled out of pediatrics because the patients, uh, the parents, wouldn't help the child oh, follow a diet, weren't in control. Right. And so you kind of got out of that. But you met uh, this great couple <clears throat> whose daughter was very sick. Mm -hmm. You've taken her under your wing. Mm -hmm. She's an intellect, so you and she oh, must get along brilliantly. She's brilliant. And, uh, and you've helped her. This little girl, let me tell you, if you fix a 60-year-old, that's cool. Right. If you fix a 16-year-old, oh, imagine the conversation with other girls, a husband one day, kids. You have fed her for life. Exactly. Well, and that's really the, the, the ripples in the pond. Yep. Okay, that's where my real career change is going to come. People I've never met, people who have never heard of me, and their lives are different because they have a different outlook. Mm. They have a different approach to things. They can become managers of their lives. You know, when we design a new airplane, they make a pilot operating handbook, okay? And that tells you all the details. This thing flies a little differently than the one you thought you were flying before. Here's what you have to do. Watch these speeds, these weights, and so on. Well, I tell patients, I'm working on creating your pilot operating handbook for you to fly your body through this life because, you know, it's dangerous, uh, we, we, we have all these wonderful spacesuits we've designed so that you can stay alive in the hostile environment of space. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a technology to keep you alive and thriving and flourishing in the hostile environment of planet Earth because it's just dangerous out there. Try to eat well when you're traveling. Try yes. to eat well outside your house. It, it, it's hard to do. And the chemicals and, and the pollution. It's what? not like the old days. I figured out, uh, I, you know my story, uh, many years ago I came back from Vietnam sick. I wasn't the old Doug Kaufman, I wasn't friendly, I was paranoid by the way. My mouth got so dry if anybody else got on the elevator to go up to the ninth floor oh, wow. at SC where I was working. And uh, so I would bypass that and walk up steps. Oh, okay. I was nervous, I was anxiety, I was, you know, I had this thing that you're treating patients for every day. And all the king's horses and all the king's drugs, you know, I tried cortisone. I thought it was a miracle drug. It stopped the bleeding on my arms and helped me feel a little bit better. Right. Um, at, at, at what point does bad diet begin contributing to a yeast problem? My study showed that these are parasites, yeast, yes. fungus, yes. and they must therefore eat. 
And Absolutely. so I developed this diet, or I began developing, and John, you would laugh at me. People say to me, where did green apples come from? And I said, well, I was getting a haircut one day in Los Angeles, and a Women's Day magazine was sitting there, and it said, red apples, delicious apples are delicious because they have a lot of sugar. But green apples have less. I didn't know about all of the other <laughs> benefits to green apples, but I, I knew the green apples didn't have much sugar. So that became part of my diet. And so it was naive, but when oh, you're but, sitting but with But you're patients, observing things, see? Yeah. You're starting to make sense out of the world. Uh, uh, patients surrender that obligation to their doctor. Well, he's taking care of me. No, you are taking care of you. Hopefully his advice is on target. If he misses the target, if he doesn't see it and doesn't advise you, you're out of luck. Do you need to examine a patient? In other words, when a new patient comes in to see you, do you send them through $6,000 worth of you know, blood work and physical exams and so forth? Or can you see per leche on the corners of their mouth? Yeah. Can you see um, you know, adult onset acne, rosacea? Can you see them try and turn, but their back and their shoulder hurt so much? And can you get as much out as most physicians who would do a physical would get? It's, it's kind of funny that you say that. First of all, physical is generally non-revealing, unless you kind of know what you're looking for, or there's a surprise. Right. I was taught clinical diagnosis, which is physicals, okay, <laughs> superbly well in my medical school. But when I was in training, I would always buy the British versions of the textbooks because they were much more hands-on clinical. You really were looking at the patient, talking with the patient, much more so than the American editions. And... You know, when you come in and see me, I will spend four or five minutes on your physical, but I'll spend 45 or 60 minutes on our discussion, and we're going through the paperwork you filled out that took you several hours, because I want lots of details. And then when I find what I'm interested in, we're going to get a lot more details, because all the answers are there. The answers are in your past and your present. Yeah. That's how we change your future. And if you just take the stuff that patients show up with... You know, all right, you can put a Band-Aid on it, but you don't know the cause. A patient will make an appointment with Dr. Trowbridge concerned about a stomach problem, and he doesn't look at the stomach. A patient will make a, an appointment with a gastroenterologist about a stomach problem, and they have a tube inserted into their rectum <laughs> and uh, all sorts of test work done. Yes. Um, the difference being, folks, this doctor understands the dissemination of these mycotoxins, of this fungus. Um, when that patient comes in and complains about the stomach problem, you then say, would you do me a favor? Could I see your tongue? Would you raise your right hand? And they go, oh, well, I can't, you know, this is old shoulder, but I'm 55 years old. My mm -hmm. doctor said this is just... Sometimes when you address the terrain of the intestine, in which holds 70 to 80% of our whole immune system, you help everything peripherally get better. Do you oh, see yes. that a lot? All the time. You know, I, I tell my staff, I don't care what walks in the door. I don't care what your problem is. That got you in the door. That's great, okay? So we'll make sure we take care of that. But I want to know the rest of you because the answers as to how I'm going to have to fix you. See, the yeast toxins are, are literally chewing you up. They're creating nutritional deficiencies. They're interfering with enzyme metabolism processes. I, I tell patients, you know, there's two kinds of ways of treating people. There's mechanical, that's your bones and structure. Mm -hmm. And then there's metabolic, that's what you do on the inside when you're working on the inside, okay? And those metabolic interferences create the illnesses for later, including mechanical ones like osteoporosis and so on. You know, doctors 
focus on a gland. Well, you know, the thyroid gland is the first gland that's affected by the yeast, but then the others are as well. And all those ripple effects go through. I want to know about you because I'm not going to fix your thyroid, your gut, your skin, whatever. I'm going to fix you. Hmm. Okay. That's so good. It's not point specific. It's John Smith exactly. that needs fixing. It's not a And show. it's different from John Jones. Yep, exactly. Okay, a couple of things before we wind this up. Uh, number one, since this is an audio tape, what is your phone number there in Houston? It's very easy to remember. I love your phone number. <laughs> Thank you. 1-800-FIX-PAIN. Fix pain. You know, so people perfect. are suffering. They're hurting. 1-800-FIX-PAIN. Would you, have you ever had offers to sell that phone number? Actually, I have. Yeah. The chiropractors want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how you got that, but 1-800-FIX-PAIN. Okay, now, to really benefit all the viewers, they may be laying in bed listening to this mm -hmm. right now. They might be in their car listening to this or walking, you know, down the road listening to it on their phone. Watch your step if you're doing <laughs> That's that. Right. right. That's right. Um, take us through what a patient who has what we call a systemic mycosis mm -hmm. or a bloodstream or a kidney or a heart, maybe your heart's tachycardia mm -hmm. is beating out of its shell, a migraine headache, an amenorrhea, your period's not working, dysmenorrhea, you're bent over in pain, a sore feet, a, you know, gout, gouty arthritis, et cetera, fixed pain. Um, Give, give them some hope here because they've been seeing a painologist for two years and on lots of medications. Yes. Well, here's, here's one of the problems, Doug. Not any one of the folks that you just mentioned is thinking that they need to come see me. Right. Okay. They have an organ-specific problem. They need an organ-specific specialist yep. who will never look, I'm telling you, never look at the metabolism disruptions. They'll never know the cause. Yep. I don't even care if it's not yeast because I'm a specialist at looking for the other interruptions as well, toxic metals, organic chemicals, nutritional deficiencies, parasites, whatever. The thing is they won't come in because they think, oh, I better go see him, okay? But when they walk in the door, it's just ideal because their history has created all these problems. I have to backtrack their history, reverse the problems. God made a self-healing body. It's so easy. You know my website is healthchoicesnow.com because if you don't know you have health choices now, you don't have any. And that's critical because now you're going to get the medical merry-go-round, the specialists, the drugs, the operations, the specialists. Oh, and everybody knows something about your problem and how to fix it, yeah. except if they don't know the cause, they're never going to fix it. <laughs> And here we, have, here we have the merry-go-round that has become <clears throat> hypertension and high cholesterol. Oh. It used to be, someone asked me the other day, I went into my doctor and my 120-80 blood pressure, she said, was a bit too high. Or I now have a 210 cholesterol and they want me <laughs> yes. to start these drugs. John, we are manipulating physiological parameters in medicine to fit the drug companies perfectly. We publish new articles, new studies that say that needs to be a little bit lower. Well, but, but that's normal. That's been normal for years and years. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you on the cholesterol, that is one of the greatest scams in human history. All yeah. those drugs are very dangerous. They interfere with a lot of, oh, no, wait a minute. They actually do something good. They are actually 
antifungal. That's right there. They have, these statin drugs have antifungal properties. They just proved it with Zoloft. They <laughs> proved it a long time ago with other ones. But I wouldn't recommend, look, vitamin C, uh, cinnamon, you know, will do right. the same thing without all the devastating side effects. You remember in, in Genesis, God said, all of this is for you? All the Every plant, herbs plants. are antifungal. You know why they are? Because remember, the fungus is trying to eat the plants as well as the animals. They have to have a protection system. That's where we get it when we use their products. And, and of course, you can't just buy any old thing. You've got to have it well taken care of because if they've cooked it, they can cook out of it all the protection you were expecting to get. But the food, remember Edison said, yep. the food should be your medicine. Yeah, and medicine become your food. food exactly. This has been a real joy. I know uh, people will watch TV, watch my show more often now, know the cause, because uh, we just taped a bunch of shows. I hope to have you out every couple of months and Great. tape a bunch of shows. Great. You are loved, and you're loved not only by all of us here in the studio, the dozen of us, but you're loved by the people we send to you. And so that says a lot. I, I send uh, doctors a lot of business. Um, and I got to tell you, John, when people go to you, they contact me and say, wow, thanks. And this is six weeks later. Many of them, uh, the past two, have been in tears. They really thought they were going to die. Oh, yeah. And you sat down and gently held their hand and said, look, you, you know, Doug, you're on the right road. God built the system to work. We get in the way. And it's so easy to restore hope by having them get better. Yeah. And I tell them, don't try to imagine this. This is either going to be real or I haven't finished doing my job yet. Yep. And the more they will complain, the better it gets. I, I tell patients, don't worry about what you can afford because you're not going to see me very much. Right. When you start getting better, <laughs> we're going to say hi, check up, and just it's not going to be that intense. People pay two or three months of their insurance for nothing. And they <laughs> yes. won't pay that to you to come in. As we close today, folks, <laughs> yes. I want to teach you a little bit. Dr. Trowbridge started this with antibiotics, some of the devastation they can cause in that they're indiscriminate bacteria killers, oh. and you've got good bacteria in the bowel. Um, one thing we haven't touched on, and I want to close with this thought before we say goodnight or good morning or whenever you're watching this. The fungus is called penicillium. The poison it makes is called penicillin. The fungus is called brewer's yeast. The poison it makes is called alcohol. You pick it up and take it from there. Best wishes to you. Thank you so much. Great, great segment. That's just great. Thank great. you. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or tell a friend. For more, visit us online at knowthecause.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knowthecause.